the Thanksgiving holiday, the right to repair, the Waukesha Parade Massacre, and more on this episode of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 163 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday. We're a little late or a little early with this episode, depending how you want to look at it. Of course, Thanksgiving was not completely empty of drama because Black Lives Matter posted that Americans are all on stolen land saying, quote, you are eating dry turkey and overcooked stuffing on stolen land. And I would say, no, I'm not. The turkey was delicious. The turkey was moist and the stuffing was not overcooked. But this was Black Lives Matter, their national arm on Twitter on Thanksgiving. With a graphic repeating the stolen land claim, saying colonization never ended. It just became normalized. It instructed Americans to, quote, learn which ancestral homeland they are currently occupying. And I would ask the people in Black Lives Matter, Inc., in the United States, where they think they are. This is not their ancestral homeland then either. So aren't they also part of the problem? I mean, if people need to exit, be the first. Go ahead. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But it's just another attempt to break down every standing tradition the United States has to take it from the system that we have now and slowly convert it into that beautiful socialist slash communist system that the people in Black Lives Matter have admitted that they want. They're Marxists who have openly spoken against the American family unit and the nuclear family. So always, you know, I don't know if those are the people that I would want to be taking my Thanksgiving lessons from, but hey, your mileage may vary. On Thanksgiving after, we had the delicious turkey and the stuffing and everything else. We did get into the right to repair thing that Apple has been in the news lately. And I have to say, the right to repair is absolutely meaningless in the framing of what it takes to repair my mom had an old iphone 6 and the battery was failing i had an extra iphone 6 battery that i had gotten a while ago when it was okay to get things for review and never ended up getting around to reviewing it before amazon stopped all that but so we're like well let's see how hard it is to replace a battery in an iPhone 6. So this is going way back. And these things have gotten more complicated over the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Is that where they're at now? Apple 13 iPhones. Are we up to 14 now? It's close. But the iPhone 6, it was fairly easy to get the thing apart. Two little screws at the bottom of the phone by the lightning port. And then you used a suction cup to kind of pull the screen up off. 
that was no problem. After that, the little screws that had to be removed and the little kit that I had from this Chinese knockoff company that was like, I fix it or something else. It wasn't the big one that is still around here. But the kit was actually pretty decent. The screws that you had to remove in order to get the battery out were about the size of a grain of sand. So for somebody with crappy eyes and big fingers was not the easiest thing to deal with. My wife did a lot of that work, but we got the thing apart and getting the battery out of the case itself was the biggest challenge of all due to the fact that the adhesive that they used to keep that in there was never meant to be taken out by anybody, especially the consumer. Used a hairdryer, tried loosening that up a little, heating it up to try to get the adhesive to soften. Finally got the battery out, but as the battery was coming out, it was actually bending, kind of curling up on itself. And lithium ion battery, after a couple minutes after getting it out, I touched the lithium ion battery and it's like, this is getting really warm. That's not a good thing. So we threw that thing outside on the concrete. Lucky. The Chicago area was about 30 degrees. So, you know, something was going to start on fire. Big deal. But we got that out, got the new battery in. There's a bunch of little cables that then needed to be reattached. And that was kind of a pain in the ass getting all the screws back in. That was kind of a pain in the ass. But eventually it all went back together, turned the phone back on. It booted into a loop and was pretty much then dead. So, I mean, there was. A great attempt to get the phone, new battery into it. But obviously, something happened in that process that borked the memory, the storage that was on there. We tried to do an Apple reset, all that. No, nothing worked. Plugged it into the computer. No, that didn't work. But that's okay because everything was backed up to the cloud, which I wasn't sure it was at first. And I was like, you know, I really should have backed up this phone. Because, you know, you are opening it up. Anything can happen. But I always figured, you know, I'd still be able to plug it in and get whatever you want off after. How hard can it be to replace a battery? The answer is replacing a battery can be a real pain in the ass and you can bork the phone. Luckily, my wife had an iPhone with her that she was not using because we had gotten them free from Xfinity a while ago. I think I may have talked about that here on the podcast. So. We put the SIM card in there, did a refresh, and all of a sudden, everything starts showing up. I mean, obviously, not the text messages and stuff like that, but all of the photos and everything else, all of the contacts, since they're all synced off device, they all just magically showed up. So all was good. And it was a learning experience. I don't think I would try to take an iPhone apart again. This is why you buy new phones. Or you have somebody with really good eyes and really small hands that enjoys dealing with really small screws and really small cables and has the ability to take that stuff apart and put it back together. So my take on the whole Apple right to repair thing is it's a lot to do about nothing because it seems like a really good concept, like a really good idea that the end consumer should be able to replace a battery or make minor repairs on these devices. 
but they are not put together to make that anywhere near a simple process. This is not like my old MacBook Pro that you could literally slide something over and pop the battery out and maybe take a few screws out and then change the memory and it's all back together in a minute. This was a exercise in futility and not something that I would want to do again. So, I mean, it's great to have the right to repair. Apple's going to start selling these kits with all the little spudgers, all the little screwdrivers and stuff that you need. You're still not going to want to do it. And if you do do it, there's a really good chance that you're probably going to screw up your device. So know that up front, because I have no idea what happened with the logic board, why the device completely decided not to work after we had replaced the battery. We were fairly careful. Don't think we damaged anything, but still the device once put back together was just in the Apple loop. And then when it was connected to the computer, it would recognize it. It gave the serial number, but trying to do either an update or a complete reset everything to factory settings, the device just simply did not want to work. But that's okay. Again, lesson learned. I don't want to do Apple upgrades myself ever again. Then, of course, after Thanksgiving, we had Black Friday, which there were some students who were so outraged they wanted to rechange the name because Black Friday sounds so racist until they were explained to that it had no racial overtones whatsoever. And then most of the students were like, oh, okay, well, that's fine then. That's the world we live in. People are morons. They don't understand anything. They take everything at face value without understanding, without doing any research, without looking further into the meanings behind things, and then just make a knee-jerk reaction. And I hate to tell you, black, white, color, they're just colors. They're not racist. They don't mean anything bad. The concept of Black Friday was just the overloading of people shopping on that day that if you actually worked retail on that day, which I did more than a few times, it wasn't fun. I mean, if you were making commission in this great capitalistic society we have, then it was kind of fun because you made a lot of money. But otherwise, no, not a lot of fun. Consumers were not fun then. They're probably less fun now. And this whole concept of the supply chain and being able to get what you want or not get what you want. Turns out the Mark Knopfler box set that I was excited about getting for Christmas is not going to be out for Christmas after all. I mean, they got it in the UK. So if you got the European thing going on, if you're listening from over there, well, then you can get it. But if you're here in the United States, the Mark Knopfler box set, it looks like now has been pushed back to April 15th. So I'm not even going to get it for my birthday, but that's okay. Good things come to those who wait, but the supply chain thing is going to keep on building. There's going to be a lot of these items that people aren't going to be able to get for their holiday gift giving and for their holiday feasts. And uh, it's going to be bad for Joe Biden and the Democrats, I think, because everybody at this point is kind of catching on that we didn't have these problems over the four years of Donald Trump. I mean, everybody was screaming. They were yelling. Donald Trump was a racist. Donald Trump was a misogynist. Donald Trump was a horrible, horrible human being. But, you know, you can afford to put gas into your tank 
And when you went to the grocery store to pick up some oyster crackers, they actually had oyster crackers. Oh, my goodness. How crazy of a system was that under Donald Trump? Joe Biden is reveling in this. He doesn't even understand what's going on around him, which I think is going to continue to further annoy people that the president, how can he be a leader? He doesn't understand what you're going through, what I'm going through. He spent Thanksgiving in a billionaire's mansion, what was it, like a $24 million house or something. So yeah, Joe, you're right down there. You're regular Joe who travels by Amtrak, regular Joe who really understands what's going on. No, no, something happened to Joe. Something happened to Joe, and he is so far out of touch now, whether it is a mental impairment, whether he is in some kind of decline with dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. Something's going on with Joe, and he is certainly not in touch with what is going on here in the United States. Of course, Black Friday, we also had looting going on. We had Home Depots now even being hit. We've had a bunch of high-end stores that have been hit. This is becoming a regular thing in America, and the reason for that is the people on the radical left have been screaming for a while now is that you can't use force to protect property. They think protecting property is bad, and that if 20, 40, 100 people come into your store and just decide to rob you blind, that you shouldn't be able to do anything to protect your property because life is more important than property. Now, if you go down that rabbit hole and you say, well, that seems to make sense. Well, then when a group of men break into your house while you and your family are sitting there and are like, we're just here to rob you. We're not here to hurt you. So you just sit back and watch. Does that seem like what you would want to do? Or do you think you should be able to defend yourself? And the minute somebody comes through your front door and knocks that door down, While you and your family are in there, do you think you need to make contact first and ask what they're there for? No, I think you take out your six hour, nine millimeter P365 and you just start going to town. But that's just me. I know crazy thoughts from a crazy guy. If you want true insanity, though, you watch the late night talk shows or you watch the mainstream media newscasts because that is what you're going to get. And for those who haven't been paying attention, a big part of all the problems that we're having are due to the way the news is framed by the mainstream media, by the late night talk shows. We had the Kyle Rittenhouse case and where in a normal world, the mainstream media would tell you what happened. What you have is a media that doesn't agree with what happened. So screw the justice system. The justice system means nothing. We need to continue railing on about how horribly racist this country is. And you have guys like Stephen Colbert, who does The Late Show, who said, uh, quote, the big news on Friday was that after being accused of crossing state lines, killing two people and wounding another last year during a Black Lives Matter protest, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted on all counts. This crossing state lines thing is just such a red herring that it's ridiculous. The guy lives within about a mile of the state line between Illinois and Wisconsin. I live quite close to the state line between Illinois and Indiana. I can be in Indiana in like 25 minutes 
or less, depending how fast you want to drive. It's not a rarity for people in the United States to cross state lines for all variety of things, especially if you live close to the state lines. There's no border. There's no checkpoint. When I want to go to Wisconsin, I don't have to stop and tell them I'm going there for cheese and I don't get an anal cavity search or anything. You just cross the border. There's no guards. There's no barbed wire. There's no fences. There's nothing. There's no wall. But, you know, it seems like a big deal to everybody in this leftist media that Kyle Rittenhouse crossed state lines. People cross state lines all the time. These are the same people in the media who don't care that you've had hundreds of thousands of migrants come into this country illegally over the southern border. You know, that is a border where there are guards, where there's a wall, where there's barbed wire, where there are things trying to keep people out. But that's okay. They want that to happen. But a kid crossing the state line between Illinois and Wisconsin, that's a big deal. That's scary. These people are horrible. Do not believe anything the mainstream media says. Crossing state lines and calling what was going on at the time a Black Lives Matter protest is also crap. It's another lie. It was a riot going on in Kenosha. There had been a Black Lives Matter protest, but it eventually turned into a riot at night. This was not a peaceful protest going on. This is like CNN covering that story with the guy saying, well, it's been mostly peaceful around here, and you can see the buildings burning behind him. These people are horrible. Do not believe anything you hear from the mainstream media, and do not believe anything you hear from Stephen Colbert. He went on to say, though, quote, cards on the table. I am not a legal expert. I mean, yeah, we know that, Stephen. He says, so I can't tell you whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse broke the law. But I can tell you this. If he didn't break the law, we should change the law. Well, what law should we change, Stephen? Which law that you can no longer claim self-defense that you cannot defend yourself what law are you talking about here because while the case can be made that a 17 year old shouldn't have armed himself and gone out where he knew there may be danger the reality is he was not committing any crime it seems the video clearly showed he was just kind of minding his own business trying to patrol the street so maybe he has a little vigilante thing about him that you could question but you know there's a lot of people who think you should stand up to protect buildings and protect businesses to keep people from losing their livelihoods by people robbing them or burning the buildings down but if Stephen Colbert doesn't think people should have the right to self-defense anymore then he really shouldn't be living in the United States of America because you have the right to defend yourself. I've seen a lot of the media on this. I think it was Jacob Blake's uncle, which was Jacob Blake, was the guy that was shot by the police, which started these riots in Kenosha to begin with, that said this clearly wasn't self-defense. And it's like, what are you, an idiot? Because this was clearly self-defense. But the media doesn't push back. Stephen Colbert doesn't push back. Nobody on the left pushes back that says, well, you know, When you knock a guy to the ground, you kick him in the head, 
and you come after him with a pistol, then it's okay for him to shoot you. I know that's some radical thinking, but I'm telling you, in my viewpoint, if somebody kicks you in the head, knocks you to the ground, and somebody else is coming at you with a pistol drawn and pointed at you, it is okay to shoot them. It is okay to defend yourself. The law is very clear when it comes to this. You have a choice. You can either die or you can kill the other person. That's what self-defense is. And you don't know what people are thinking when they're coming at you in a situation like that. Just like I mentioned before, you don't know what people are meaning to do when they kick the door of your house in and try to invade your home. So I think you have to think the worst is coming and you have to do whatever you have to do to protect yourself, protect your family. And if you wind up in court like Kyle Rittenhouse, you hope that the legal system actually works and you don't wind up in jail. But I'd rather be in jail than dead. So you have to use that logic a little bit as well. But the problem with these far left media types covering these stories like the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, like Stephen Colbert here saying, well, this if he didn't break the law, then the law should be changed. MSNBC covered this in an even more horrendous way, calling him a murderer, going off again, white supremacist, going off on how he crossed state lines. And that this was just again, all steeped in racism, according to Joy Reid of MSNBC, who was just a very vile and horrible person. And what ends up happening a couple of days after the Rittenhouse verdict is a guy from Milwaukee named Daryl Brooks, who thinks he's the number one underground hip hard artist in Milwaukee, who was just out on bail from two days earlier for running over his girlfriend or the mother of his children or something like that. And he has a rap sheet going back like 20 years and was out on like almost zero bail. Cause that's what we do now in this country is when people commit horrific crimes, you know, they run over their girlfriend, mother of their child with their SUV. You're like, I ah, give me 50 bucks and come back in a year for your court case. That's fine. What ends up happening is this lunatic goes out to the parade they were having for Christmas in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And he takes that same SUV that he ran over his girlfriend with. And he goes down the parade route and at the latest count ends up killing six and over 60 people injured, committing massive amounts of carnage. And while I don't know exactly what was in this man's head, it seems pretty obvious to me that there is probably a connection between listening to the Joy Reeds and Stephen Colbert's of the world on how white Kyle Rittenhouse is a horrible person. And this guy with the SUV, Daryl Brooks, he has social media profiles which have posts that are anti-white, that are pro-Black Lives Matter, that are pro-going after and committing carnage for the people that are getting away with all of these things. And the media needs to be held accountable. It never will, but it's important, I think, for all of us to understand what the results of the words that they spew out into the ether, what these results do to real people. This is not a healthy thing. This is not just a funny little political game. 
People are dying because people like Joy Reid come out and spew these lies and people buy it and they decide that they're going to go out and they're going to do something about it. And the end result is a bunch of dead kids and injured kids and a bunch of dead grandmothers who were out there as part of a granny group at this parade. And the way the media is still covering this even has some of the crazy leftists upset with this is a beautiful thing when it gets so bad, when it goes so far that somebody like Deborah Messing, the actress of Will and Grace fame, who I've probably complained about here at one point or another, because she's normally one that is spewing the far left propaganda. Even she's had enough with the MSNBCs and the CNNs who are covering this Waukesha parade massacre as, well, they're using different words, including just, well, it was an accident, which I don't know how you even make that case. But that even upset Deborah Messing so much to where she tweeted to the media to cut it out because this was not an accident. This was, and I believe she used the hashtag Waukesha Massacre. So, Deborah Messing, I'll say to you, you're finally waking up. You hate Donald Trump because I know she was a big Trump hater. Just understand one thing Donald Trump bloviates. Donald Trump was probably a big, big jerk. That's fine. There was a lot of problems that people could find with Donald Trump. But, Understand that your viewpoint, Deborah Messing, of Donald Trump was very much created by what you heard from MSNBC and CNN and the likes of them. So now that you see they lie about this stuff going on in Waukesha and call it an accident, where we very much see it was a massacre of somebody who went out intentionally trying to harm and kill people when you see that cnn and msnbc want to cover this as it was just an accident then maybe you can understand that this is the way they treat all news that they're giving you they are crafting this news to make you think something to make you do something they are not people that are out there trying to be journalists trying to give you an accurate story a bunch of the mainstream media said oh well this guy he was fleeing a previous crime scene and that's why he went all crazy into the parade route the police have said no that is not true he was not involved in a previous crime scene right before he went onto the parade route he was not being chased by the police this was not the reason why he went in and killed a bunch of people on the parade route. S.E. Cup, who used to be somewhat sane when she was on Glenn Beck's network, not so much. She tweeted, breaking CNN reports, Waukesha driver who plowed into parade was fleeing another crime scene, not an act of terrorism or retaliation. No, that's a lie. That wasn't true. So CNN may have been reporting it, S.E., but they were wrong. They were lying. So it seems like this was an act of terrorism and using the word retaliation, SE, I think you're right on. 
This was retaliation for the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict because this guy was probably listening to Joy Reid and types like that who were telling you that Kyle Rittenhouse was nothing but a white supremacist who got off because we have a whole legal system that is geared against people of color. And it's simply not something that is true. Have there been cases? Sure. If you want to go case by case, it's going to take us years, lifetimes. I mean, you can point back to OJ. I mean, he got off. But then they'll say, well, he was a rich black guy. So that's how OJ got off. But as I said, the guy with the SUV, career criminal, the Milwaukee district attorney, I've been railing about this for a long time. We have the George Soros funded district attorneys who don't want to prosecute people, who don't want to prosecute any crimes that will let people go and just clear out stores, punch people in the head, hit them with bricks, whatever it is. If you're black, we don't want to hold you on bail. No, it's bad. He said back in 2007, this is again, the Milwaukee County District Attorney, John Chisholm, who is the guy that's responsible for the guy behind the wheel of the SUV for even being out of jail in the first place. He knew back in 2007 that these policies were going to lead to exactly this. He said from a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel interview back in 2007, quote, is there going to be an individual I divert or I put into treatment program who is going to go out and kill somebody? You bet. Guaranteed. It's guaranteed to happen. Adding then, quote, it does not invalidate the overall approach. Mr. Chisholm, I want to know, do you still feel the same way now that there is six people dead, over 60 injured because of a guy you let out, went on a rampage, career criminal, violent crimes, had run over his girlfriend with the same SUV very recently, your programs let him out. That is why these people are dead. That is why these people are injured at the Waukesha Christmas Parade. Do you still feel that it does not invalidate the overall approach? This is the insanity we're dealing with now. And again, I know I've said it over and over again, but this is a nation of law and order. And if you do not have law and order, you have nothing. You have chaos. You have people being run over in the streets and a feeling that there's nothing they can do about it, which will just lead to more vigilanteism, which will just lead to more incidents like the Kyle Rittenhouse case. They spawn each other. It's a vicious circle. And I think we're just seeing the start of this unless sanity somehow takes reign. This guy is being held now, finally, on a $5 million bail. Maybe if you would have done that when he ran over his girlfriend, Mr. Chisholm, you wouldn't have the people dead and the people injured in Waukesha. This whole concept that you cannot protect your property is all about moving the system over to communism or Marxism because people have a right to protect the things that they work for. I'm not saying property is more important than human life because it is not. But if somebody's coming at you and taking everything you've worked for, I think you have a right to defend that. 
If somebody is going to commit a crime, they understand if they're halfway intelligent that there may be repercussions. And one of those repercussions should be you might get hurt or die if you go after somebody and attack them and try to take their stuff. I know. Again, just crazy ramblings and crazy thoughts from me here in the holiday season. But I do want to say thank you. I am very thankful for everybody listening to this show, giving me your time. And those that come in with monetary donations, I really, really super appreciate that because it helps us keep the microphones humming, everything sounding good, the web hosting up, all of that good stuff. We are a value for value podcast, which means we put these shows out there and you decide if you got anything out of them. And if you did, you can go over to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts dot com slash donate. Click that donate button to do a one time or monthly donation. Use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do a crypto donation or use the P.O. box address to go the old fashioned check or money order route. They're all very much appreciated. And coming in with his monthly $15 today is our friend, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley. And we greatly appreciate that. Hope you and the family had a great Thanksgiving with very little insanity, although that's getting harder and harder to find here. But thank you, Sir Sean. And if you want to get involved again, randomthoughts.com slash donate is the place to go. I will be back on Wednesday or so with another episode of the Random Thoughts podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.